Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Did you have any questions for me or anything? Or? You can call that number, or if you have, you know, like younger, younger people who are more tech-savvy, they can also request us um, via the website, Okay. Jacob Azevedo spent last weekend in Oakland, California's Chinatown. Do you know anyone who walks alone a lot? We're just offering like our support to the community. But he wasn't celebrating the Lunar New Year. He was leading a group of volunteers he'd organized through social media to chaperone Asian Americans who might be afraid to go out alone. Um, anyone who just doesn't want to be alone, we'll send like a group of like two to three people just to keep them company, okay. you know. Why? Well, because of a disturbing new spate of violent attacks on members of the Asian American community. Workers who want to, like, you know, want someone to walk them to their car, wait for their bus, they can contact us via this phone number or the website here. Last month in Oakland's Chinatown, a man violently shoved three unsuspecting people, injuring a 91 year old man, a 60 year old man, and a 55 year old woman. In San Jose, a 64-year-old woman was robbed of more than $1,000 outside a Vietnamese market. On February 3rd, a 61-year-old Filipino man was slashed in the face with a box cutter on the New York City subway. In Portland, more than a dozen Asian-owned businesses have been vandalized in the last month. And in San Francisco, 84-year-old Thai-American Wechar Ratanapakti was fatally attacked while out for his morning walk. CNN senior national correspondent Kyung Law spoke to his daughter about this. And then they call his uh, tablet, you know, and then uh, the officer answered the phone. And then he told us, like, they found him, got assaulted, and then I have to go see him in the hospital. He got um, injury very bad about his brain breathing, and he never wake up again. I never see him again. I miss him every day. Now, it's tough to have evidence to prove that these incidents were motivated by anti-Asian bigotry. But authorities and advocates for the Asian American Pacific Islander, or AAPI, community say violence and discrimination against them has increased during this pandemic. A Pew Research study from last June found nearly a third of Asian Americans said they'd been subject to racist slurs or jokes since the pandemic began. We first talked about this issue on the podcast last spring, and it's sad to have to revisit it in light of the recent attacks, but it's also really important. Anti-Asian sentiment in the United States has not stopped, even as COVID-19 case numbers decrease. And it won't end with the end of this pandemic. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Honestly, I was just mad. I was blood boiling in my veins mad. And the reason I was mad is because I saw on Asian blogs that there were these horrific incidences happening 
Yet when I tried to learn more about them, I could find no information. That's Amanda Wynn, a Nobel Peace Prize nominee and CEO of Rise, a nonprofit that advocates for sexual assault survivors. An Instagram video she posted last week calling for media attention to these attacks went viral. We matter and racism is killing us. Our community is being attacked and we are dying to be heard. Wynn didn't expect the heartwarming response to her Instagram video, which has now been viewed millions of times. But sadly, she also wasn't surprised by the attacks themselves. The AAPI community has had to battle the perpetual foreigner stereotype, which is a racialized form of nativist xenophobia, which has consequences. This is something that has been going on for centuries. You know, in the 1800s, one of the biggest lynchings in U.S. history was against Asian Americans, and that isn't taught in our history. Wynn is talking about a horrific attack on the Chinese population of Los Angeles that occurred in 1871. Historical reports vary slightly here, but between 15 and 20 Chinese residents of L.A. were lynched in one day by a white mob. I'll admit to you, I hadn't heard the story myself not long after anti-Asian sentiment was codified in U.S. law. The 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act was the first to preclude a specific ethnic group from immigrating to America. And it wasn't even repealed until 1943. Then, during World War II, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed an executive order incarcerating 120,000 Japanese Americans in internment camps. It's a painful history. There's no question about it. And it makes it all the more important for the Asian American Pacific Islander community to have space to express its grief over transgressions past and present. That's part of what Wynne was trying to accomplish with her video. That has been one of the most simultaneously heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, and also heartfelt experiences I've had, which is seeing all of these people post you know, this is this is my day to day life. You know, I I am afraid when I walk out the door, I'm a, I'm calling my mom, my dad, my grandparents because um, I'm afraid that they'll be killed on the street. For example, Russell Jiang's 93 year old mother lives just blocks away from where Richa Ratanapati was fatally attacked in San Francisco. During Lunar New Year, the first thing you do is you greet your seniors and you bow to them to show them respect. And to see people shoved on the streets, elderly shoved on the streets, this is really, really um, egregious and painful to watch. It, it strikes really close to home. Jiang is a professor of Asian American studies at San Francisco State University. He also co-founded an organization called Stop AAPI Hate last March. It received about 2,800 reports of anti-Asian incidents from shunning to outright physical assault, all of it in 2020. We thought that we needed a tracking center to document anti-Asian racism during COVID-19 because um, government wasn't paying attention to it. And um, we also knew that it would probably surge um, because that's been our experience with SARS as Asian Americans. The yellow peril fear gets resurrected whenever an epidemic arrives from China or Asia, and um, we're met with interpersonal violence and racist policies. And that's exactly what happened during COVID-19. 
Jiang was hoping that bias against Asian Americans would subside after former President Donald Trump left office. After all, Trump had referred to COVID-19 as the China virus more than once. In sharp contrast, President Joe Biden signed a memorandum condemning racism against the AAPI community. And he did it during his first week in the White House. Today, I'm directing federal agencies to combat resurgence of xenophobia, particularly against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders that we've seen skyrocket during this pandemic. This is unacceptable, and it's un-American. But the recent attacks on Asian Americans prove that a change of administrations not going to solve this. In fact, Jiang recommends a three-pronged approach to more inclusive policies, including ethnic studies and public education, restorative justice to bridge gaps between minority communities, and more civil rights legislation. And not just for the AAPI community. The racial profiling we're experiencing is the same type of racial profiling that um, Latinx communities are facing um, when they get detained or when African-Americans experience when they get mass incarcerated. This racial profiling has led to mass incarceration, mass detention, mass deportation, mass exclusion from being able to migrate. The only way we could dismantle a lot of those policies is by voting and working together as communities of color. And I think that's actually what happened in the last election. Amanda Wynn, the CEO of RISE, would also add a plea to quote anyone who's listening to speak up. Because to stay silent in the face of hate is a betrayal of the very fundamental tenet of what it means to be an American. And to all elected officials live up to the creed of America, that oath you took when you swore to protect and serve all Americans, do that because Asian Americans are Americans too. We have all had a difficult year of isolation, a difficult year of fear in the face of the coronavirus. But you know what? Not everyone has also had to shoulder the burden of misplaced blame for it. Not everyone has had to protect themselves from both COVID-19 and the racism it surfaces. I want to end today by playing a voice memo I received from 31-year-old Yingxi that shows the consequences of recent events. As an immigrant who grew up in Oakland's Chinatown and built a life for myself in the U.S., this past year has been extremely difficult. I had always believed that America was a place where anyone can come and find a sense of belonging. But for the first time, I am questioning whether or not there is a place for me. I have always said on this podcast that we are all in this together. Remember that, and I hope listeners know I don't just mean when it comes to fighting a pandemic. This message is more important than ever. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact vs. Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer. Raj Makija is the senior manager of production operations. 
This week's episodes were produced by Anne Lagamayo, Rachel Cohn, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Madeline Thompson, Jordan Gasporé, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders. Our medical writer is Andrea Kane. Nathan Miller is our engineer, and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seely of CNN Health, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.